Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. And welcome, everybody, to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm News Press reporter Adam Regan, and I am joined after a week-long absence by Naples Daily News sports reporter Adam Fisher. Adam, how are you? I'm back. How much did you guys miss me? Uh, Not really that much. Andy Sodergren did a great job filling in. I do want to comment, Andy. He did very well filling in for me. I was kind of hoping it would uh, crash and burn, you know, that I'm the glue that holds this thing together. But he actually might have done a little better than me. I'm I'm a little scared Andy might come take my job. Well, so tell us, uh, how was New York Fashion Week? It was great. I was in New York City for a couple days. My wonderfully talented daughter was selected to be in a fashion show during New York City Fashion Week. And it was a kid's show. I'm not old enough to have, like, a professional model daughter but i'd never been never been to manhattan so we got all around uh central park 9-11 memorial financial district all those things you go see in in new york i have one question did you run into like a kardashian or kanye or anybody that shows up at these events uh no but i texted you a picture i ran into mark henry the world's strongest man wwe superstar which i was very excited about so much better that's so much better it is raw uh, wwe was in town at madison uh. square garden and i saw mark henry eating cheesecake so i got a picture with him and of course you're coming back from fashion week and you've decided to grace <laughs> us with a shirt that basically resembles a Georgia O'Keeffe painting, just a lot of flowers, yeah. uh, a lot of loud colors. Uh, I guess it had kind of an influence on you being around all of this high fashion. Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like this shirt represents me. And we'll take a picture. We'll put it up on Twitter because I'm a very flowery guy. I'm a very loud guy. Um, yes, yeah, my football podcast shirt. So let's do it. Well, let's get right into week five. Let's talk about some of the big issues of the week. And you want to start with North Fort Myers and Fort Myers and what I witnessed last week. Yeah, tell me about it. I was shocked because I did work Friday. I will say I was only off at the beginning of the week last week. I was covering Baron Collier Immokalee, which was a decent game. But I was going through the scores, and sometimes some just hit you and they pop out. And 48-3, to North Fort My- or I'm sorry, Fort Myers won. I'm still scratching my head about this one. I, I was very shocked at what I saw. This was a Fort Myers team that was coming off a blowout loss to Charlotte, and then getting upset by Cypress Lake. I wasn't really expecting their best, and North Fort Myers have been good all season. But again, they're playing at Edison Stadium, and something was different. They just North Fort Myers' defensive line really got blown off the line by Fort right. Myers' offensive line, and the holes that these kids were running through, you could drive trucks through. And well, I mean, and you mentioned the two losses before, but the loss to Cypress Lake, that had to especially sting because Fort Myers does not lose to Cypress Lake very often. So did you see a little more determination, a little more oh. focus from these guys? You could tell You could tell that they were locked in in this game. And this game was over by halftime. Yeah. Like, you could tell that North Fort Myers didn't want any of Fort Myers the rest of the way. So very interesting. And moving forward, it should be very interesting what – both teams do. You got North Fort Myers, who has East Lee this week, and then you have Fort Myers, who is traveling to South Fort Myers. Moving on, we have a new number one team in Lee County. Yeah. Guess guess on who it is? Well, I, I already know who it is. I mean, it's got to be Bishop Verreau, right? Yeah, 4-0, Bishop Verreau pitched their second shutout of the season last week against St. John Newman. I think that this is the most complete team in Lee County. Uh, this defense, which 
I'm writing a feature on this week, and it'll be up on Friday at newspress.com slash sports, is really like a family, and uh, they kind of move as one. They're, they call themselves the no-name defense because, nice. you know, not a lot of them have D1 offers. Some of them do, actually. Okay. But they they like to call themselves the no-name defense, much in the 72 Miami Dolphins right type vein and they're really passionate about what they do and pitching shutouts and then their offense uh, also very good and Andy and I kind of went through the top quarterbacks in Lee County and how there's a lot of talent this year and of course I'm doing this off the top of my head and I'm going through every school (laughs) and I left out one of the best quarterbacks in Lee County Jacob is easy I think that he's one of the most talented, I think R.J. Rosales is very good, right. despite ECS's you know, one in three record. But I think Azizi's up there. He really impressed me at Deion Sanders' camp in, in May. He was playing with some of the best players in the country, and he was hitting them. Very accurate. So, yeah, this Bishop Rowe team is going to be tough to deal with. And they've got a pretty interesting schedule coming up after this game against LaBelle. They play a rivalry game against Cardinal Mooney. They play American Heritage, Delray Beach, Tampa Catholic, University School of Fort Lauderdale. And wow. They, and then they end with North Fort Myers. Wow. So they're, they're going to run a little bit of a gauntlet. Well, good thing they racked up those wins early because they're probably not going to go undefeated through all of those. Um, oh, they, don't, they, tell, don't tell them that. They well, all, they all listen, man. That. that is going to motivate them. Listen, I do want to give you props. You've been touting their defense all season long. I saw in week one against Baron Collier. I didn't know how much that was Baron Collier, you know, not playing a preseason game, looking a little off. But to go to Newman, the game was at Newman. Is that correct? Am I, am I right on that? Bishop Rowe at Newman last week? To go there, we'll just say it was. Yeah, we'll, it, we'll it was. Checks. To shut them out. I mean, Newman is a team that's not as good as they were last year, but they've put up some points. 50 in the season opener. They put up 35 against an IMG Academy team loaded with the athletes. To shut them out, I, I was uh, very surprised by that. I shouldn't say surprised because, you know, we don't want to slight uh, these Bishop Road defenders that listen to our They program. already feel slighted. They already have a chip on their shoulder. Guys, you're not – you can't play the underdog card anymore. <laughs> you can't do it the, the – the Well, in a few weeks they can when they're playing university school and Tampa Catholic and – I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think that Bishop Road is going to end up being ranked in 3A in a little bit. Well, let's move on to Collier County. Uh, another big story coming out of there, Golden Gate. What are they, 3-1 and one now? 3-1, and one, and they've kind of replaced Laley as the surprise team. You know, we spoke a few weeks ago, Laley was 3-0 and oh after going 2-8 and eight the, the past two seasons. Golden Gate beat them 8 to nothing, which was very surprising, you know, because Laley is a team that has some athletes. You know, we talk about Jonas Dudon there moving to receiver. Their quarterback, Stanley Hippolyte, had thrown five touchdown passes. And for Golden Gate's defense to shut them out, that, that was very surprising. Golden Gate is 3-1. and one. And I'll be honest, and Coach Nick Bajica, when I spoke to him this week, he even mentioned, you know, some people were saying, wondering if they are going to win a game because they were so young. Small team, only about 40 kids on the varsity. They lost 27 seniors from last year. I think that was the number, yeah. New quarterback coming in, a kid that's never played quarterback before in his life. And to go 3-1, and one, now the, the schedule gets a lot, a lot tougher. You know, they still got the big – rivalries in Collier County coming up with the Mockley, Baron Collier, Naples. But to go 3-1 and one right now, I mean, it, it's very impressive, and, and I was impressed by their win last week. Yeah, and it only gets tougher for Golden Gate moving forward, so we'll really see what they're made of. They got, uh, I will say, they got homecoming this week against Key West, who's a good team. They gave Barron some fits uh, down at Key West, so we'll see how that well, one Key goes. Key West is 2-1 and one this yes. year and only lost to Baron Collier. Well, that does it for our first segment, and when we come back, we're going to break down some of the big games in Week 5. 
keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. We are now looking ahead to week five, almost at that true midpoint of the season. We're going to break down a few matchups coming up, starting with Fort Myers at South Fort Myers. Fort Myers, a team coming off that huge victory, but they're sitting at 2-2. Two and two. I think, uh, you know, we expected them to be a little bit better. South Fort Myers, they are, what, 2-1? and one, They're 3-0. Three, three oh. They're three coming and, off a bye. Oh, undefeated South Fort Myers after winning one game last year. Do you think this will be close? I think it will be close. I think South Fort Myers has the defense and the yes. athletes to really slow down Fort Myers. The thing about North Fort Myers was last week, once the running backs for Fort Myers got to the edge – and you have Usias Young, Dorian Felix, Reginald Davis, Samari Harvin. They North Fort Myers didn't have the speed to catch up with those guys. So you had a lot of big plays. I think that's going to be completely different with South. I think if a Fort Myers running back gets to the edge, they're going to need a lot more speed to get past uh, the defensive backs and linebackers for South Fort Myers. Interesting little thing about this game is uh, I want to I want to know your feelings about bulletin board material. Uh, in the media, obviously, we provide a lot of it. But South Fort Myers, they put out a T-shirt and put it on social media. And uh, they said, you know, we, we don't ride waves. We crush them. Oh. And I want to know how you feel about that. I mean, it's it's going to be a red out at South Fort Myers. They're expecting a lot of people. I get the whole school spirit thing. But putting it on social media for Fort Myers to see, do you, I'm pretty sure that that's on the Fort Myers High bulletin board in their locker room. Well, How do you feel? I, I'm sure it is, and bulletin board material is a big deal when you're talking about high school kids, you know, emotional kids, kids that put a lot of stock into that, and we talk about kids feeling slighted or playing with chips on their shoulders, so I think that is a big deal. For South Fort Myers, maybe we pump the brakes a little bit. Yes, you're 3-0, and but come on, guys. You, you only went 1-9 last year, and you haven't beaten anyone great so far, although I will say the one over Cypress Lake to, to begin the season was very good, so... That's going to be added motivation, which uh, we, we, we've seen what Fort Myers can do when they're motivated last week. I do want to give props to the South defense. You mentioned they've only given up 13 points all season. And they've got big play players on that defense that will return turnovers for touchdowns. A lot of their points have come from pick sixes right. and stuff like that. So Fort Myers better take care of the ball. Another team that needs to take care of the ball. You were telling me last week didn't do it so well. Ida Baker at Dunbar now – this is one of those games early in the year. Never would have thought to circle this game, but Baker coming in at three and one. Dunbar is what's their record right now? Two and one. Two and one, something like that. Three, uh, and, one. So, three and one. Sorry. There you go. So d- does Baker have what it to ha- have what it takes to hang with Dunbar? Well, this is not the Baker of last year. Right. Chuck Fawcett, the first year coach, uh, we talked to him last week on the podcast. He has turned this program around so quickly. And we talked about the Bishop Rowe team, where they, you know, they have the no-name defense. I mean, Bishop. I mean, Ida Baker. I mean, there's not, a, you know, a D1 recruit in this, but I don't think it really matters. Their defense has been excellent this year, and they're coming off a big win over Island Coast, where they scored with with three seconds left. There's no time left mm-hmm. to to win it. They really came back from the dead there and won that game. 
they're going to be a team that tests Dunbar. And as you said, Dunbar, they turned the ball over six times last week against East Lee and still won 37 to nothing because, you know, East Lee couldn't really move the ball. They only had three first downs, negative yards. The, the Dunbar defense is the same Dunbar defense right. as always. They're going to be stingy. So it's going to be tough for Ida Baker to score. But I predict a very low scoring game because I, right. don't, think, I don't think Dunbar is going to have – it really easy trying to score against Ida Baker either. And and Chuck Fawcett, I know, prides himself on turnovers. You know, he touts that number that they have. It's plus 21 or something in turnovers. Now he does count fourth down stops as turnovers, and that's going back to the spring game. So basically in his tenure, they've produced tw- over 20 turnovers in four games. So he does pride himself on that, and this is a Dunbar team, as you said, prone to fumbling. So if they keep putting it on the ground, it's going to get real close, and I agree. I, I think it will be low scoring. A game I do not expect to be low scoring. We've got a uh, Lee Collier showdown, Lehigh at Naples. This is a matchup we've seen in the playoffs uh, recently the past few years. However, I don't believe Lehigh is quite up to that level so far anymore. Naples showed what they can do last week when they get into some local competition. Shut out Palmetto Ridge 37 to nothing, and Naples is at home. I think they take care of business pretty easily. Mr. Regan, do you disagree with me? Yeah, this Lehigh team has we've talked about past couple of weeks have really has really raised their level of scheduling it was already high now it's you know three notches higher and my question to you fisher is they're they're zero and three they're probably going to go zero and four did they go overboard with the scheduling it's it's a delicate dance you got to play because you got to schedule good teams to get those playoff points but if you lose all those games but however how much how many losses count against you for, for the playoff points you know it, it, it's a big math equation now making a schedule and I'm throwing out the math out the window. What about morale for the kids? That's tough, especially when you only score seven points in your first three games like Lehigh has and probably not going to score this game. You're right. The The morale can get down, especially when you're a younger team. So you got to kind of give and take. I don't know what Lehigh has coming up, how many wins they can get late in the year, but to start 0-4 is always tough no matter what. For Lehigh, it's going to come down to the district. Uh, yeah, they're in a district with rival Riverdale, Northport, and Gulf Coast. Mm. Uh, I think that's a winnable district for them, especially considering Riverdale's been dealing with injuries and stuff like that. I think it'll come down to Lehigh and Riverdale. Sure, I, and I agree. And Lehigh, I mean, these games only make you better. So even though they may take their lumps at Naples, that's going to make them better in the rest of the season. One more game to look at, a small private school showdown in Collier County, what I like to call the closest rivalry in Collier County, community school at First Baptist. These football fields separated by something like 800 feet uh, right there in North Naples at the corner of Livingston and Orange Blossom. It's going to be a military uh, honor night, a lot of uh, cool things going on honoring first responders. However, football on the field, First Baptist, one of only two undefeated teams in Collier County. CSN coming in at 1-2. and two. I think First Baptist Academy takes care of business. Yeah, I think so, too. This CSN team has kind of confused me over the last couple yeah. weeks. They blew out SFCA. Yeah. And then a team that I really thought was on SFCA's level, Canterbury, comes in and beats them 21-14 to 14 last week. So I'm confused. I, and I th- the one team I'm not confused about is First Baptist. I think it's going to be a blowout. I agree. They've, they've looked pretty good with the young kids. 3-0, and we talked about how they've surprised us, and they've been off. They're on a bye. They were on a bye this past week. So First Baptist coming in, rested, ready to play. So that'll do it to our look ahead. We're going to do some predictions later, but right now, after this break, I'm going to sit down with Golden Gate coach Nick Bajika when we come back. After the games each week, Go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, 
or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Hello, everybody. Welcome back in to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm Adam Fisher with Naples Daily News here with one of the uh, two new head coaches in Collier County this year, Nick Bajika. Coach, you guys are 3-1, and one, and I think that probably surprises a lot of people, especially after week one. You guys lost to a shutout. Didn't look great. And I know you have a young team kind of uh, building them up, but what has been the difference the past three weeks and these three straight wins, including the big win over uh, lately on Friday? Well, it's been the kids' hard work. They have 100% bought into what we're trying to preach here, and it's hard work. Hard work all the time, practicing hard, working hard in the classroom, working hard weightlifting-wise, and they're buying into the process, and now they're starting to see the results of that. Tell me a little bit about the offense because you've switched some things up. We've got uh, a new quarterback, I think new to playing quarterback at all, Joaquin Acuna, and you switched Ryan Magel to a lot more defense. Just tell me what you've done with this offense and with those two guys. Well, our offense is primarily more based around the run. We don't throw it a whole lot, but when we do, we mean it. It's trying to get more athletes on the field, and that's what Joaquin and Ryan have both allowed us to do. It allows us to take our good athletes and get them onto the field, and that's what it does. And moving Ryan to defense, it allows us to basically be the quarterback of our defense, and he's done an outstanding job with that. You have a pretty young team, I believe, right? Because you lost 27 seniors. I mean, are there a lot of turnover in the personnel and a lot of young guys playing on this team? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, 15 seniors this year, and I believe we only have six of them that have any real varsity experience yeah. at all. So it's a learning process for everybody, but the kids have done an outstanding job kind of picking it up on the run. So after week one, I believe you lost 27 to nothing, I think, to, to Gulf Coast, but then kind of just flipped it automatically. You won the next week. You won three times in a row. How did you keep these guys up? Because I know it can be hard when, when you lose like that, especially for new guys. It's, how did you get there? you know emotions back up and not to get down after that first loss well we try to stress every week win or lose just keep focusing on the hard work and things are good things will go your way and that was our number one thing we we pressed hard work and the kids like i said have really bought into the process and that has helped us i mean minimize distractions each week there's always something for instance this week we have homecoming which can always be a distraction but it's trying to minimize those distractions and focus on what we have to focus on when we have to focus on it. Now, what have you noticed from the team now? I mean, after they've won three in a row, are you seeing uh, more confidence? Are you seeing more um, you know, focus, more energy? What, what are you seeing now? The thing I see the most is they're starting to believe in the process and believe in the really hard work. For instance, we practice early in the morning a lot, and they, uh, they really have bought into that, and they love it. They love it. They show up, and they're up-tempo, and it's hard to get up-tempo that early in the morning, and they... It really helps them focus on what they want to focus on and what we need to focus on as a team. So tell me about yourself. Um, this is your first year as a head coach, but you are not new to football in Collier County. You've pretty much been coaching since you graduated from Gulf Coast. So kind of give me your uh, your background. Well, I spent two years at Gulf Coast under Frank Tudrin there after I graduated high school, and I learned a lot from both Frank and Jason Tudrin and Coach D when he was there as a assistant on the defensive staff there. So. I've had a lot of great coaches, and then when Palmetto Ridge opened up, uh, I was brought over there and coached uh, football under four different head coaches mm -hmm. over there, and coached wrestling with uh, Mark Rosenbaum and won a state champ, helped win a state championship there. So it's been a it's been a definite learning process on the coaching front. I uh, 
I've always tried to think of myself as a head coach, even of my specific position. And I always tried to work to be a head coach. And it's a tough thing for some assistants, but I try to keep my focus on that when when uh, I'm coaching. So you guys are three and one. You got a tough test coming up. You still got some really good games ahead of you, Naples, Immokalee. What is the the ceiling for these guys? I mean, what do you think they can accomplish the rest of the season? I always say if they can get out of their own heads and get out of their own way, they can accomplish anything they want. It's all about how hard they're willing to work. And our schedule gets a lot tougher as the season goes along. We have um, our homecoming game, then we go to Immokalee, which is always difficult, and then we have Riverdale coming down, and then Baron Collier, Naples, and then Palmetto Ridge. So we close the season out with a really, really tough schedule, and we have to keep getting better every week. That's what we keep telling the kids. The mistakes we make the previous week can't make them the following week because there's going to be good football teams that don't let you win that way. Well, it'll be fun to watch starting this week at home, homecoming against Key West. Coach Bajika, thank you so much for taking time for us. Thank you so much. And thanks once again to Coach Nick Bajika for sitting down with me. When we come back on the other side of this break, Adam Regan and I are going to predict games for week five. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone, or download our apps. Welcome back for our final segment of the podcast. We're going to pick some games, but first let's recap last week. We had Andy Sodergren sitting in for Adam Fisher, and he goes 5-5, five and five, and I went 7-3. and three. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to add Andy and Adam's picks together for the season. How do you feel about so being responsible for a 5-5 five and five week from Andy Don't Sodergren? feel good about it. I'm putting in a formal protest. Just so you know, if I do lose the picks this year, it will be under review. A, congr- a congressional committee will look at this because last week I would have gone 10-0. As I was listening to the podcast, I, I figured out what picks I would have made on Saturday morning. I sat down and figured out what picks I was going to make, and I would have gone 10-0. and 0, So add five more wins to me, and I'm only trailing by two right now. So keep that in mind, everybody. Well, my first question is, what if Andy had gone 9-1? and one? I, It wouldn't have mattered because I would have gone 10-0. and 0. Uh, Indeed, indeed. And we also know that there's a congressional committee for everything these days. Yes. Uh, I wonder where, the, where this would fall on party lines in Congress. Ooh, that's tough. You know, I consider myself a libertarian, so uh, it probably wouldn't fall either way. I'm just kidding. I just made that up. <laughs> exactly. So to recap on the season standings, we got Adam Fisher at 21 and 19. Respectable. But then you have me at 28 and 12. I've got a seven-game lead on you. You've got some work to do. Ooh, seven. And how many weeks we got left in the regular season? Seven weeks. So I pick up a game every week. We're tied going into the playoffs. Let's yeah, do and it. Uh, I'll remind you that I picked up seven, six games on you. Uh, oh, really? It was six games? That's six right. Games, That's so. right. All right, let's get right into it. Ida Baker at Dunbar. We already talked about it. Probably a closer game than you yeah. would think in past years. Who you got? Man, you know what? I'm, I'm just kind of feeling Baker this year, and Dunbar has kind of underwhelmed me. We know they're fast and quick on defense, as we said, but the offense hasn't done much, and I know Baker, they got a good defense as well. They're going on the road. That's tough. When's the last time Baker won at Dunbar? Who knows? But they're going to do it Friday. I'm taking the Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm going to take Dunbar in this one. I think their offense has taken some strides in the last couple of weeks, and I think they've got a quarterback now that they can rely on, so I think the Tigers take it. Fort Myers at South Fort Myers, the news press game of the week. 
You want to go first or you want me to go first? I'm going to let you go first on all of these. Well, that's not really fair because then you could just – I like to pick the opposite of you, and I think we'll be the same on this one. I would like to see South Fort Myers do it, but I think Fort Myers coming off that huge win last week, I'm going to take the green wave. Well, I think it would be absolutely crazy if South Fort Myers won this. I mean, Fort Myers will be riding a roller coaster yep. up and down, you know, getting blown out by Charlotte, losing to their – you know, rival who they've only lost to six times and then beating North Fort Myers the way they did and then losing at South Fort Myers. I will say this about Fort Myers. They're, I think they're a different team when they're not playing at Edison Stadium. Yeah, uh, we've seen that. So, and it's ha- and South has beat them at South before. Yep. I, th- I believe this, the series is four and five. Uh, Fort Myers is four and five against South, but I'm still going to take Fort Myers. Is that four and five all time or four and all can't time? Be, can't all be at South, right? Those aren't all games at South. No, it's four and five all time. Really? Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so we both take uh, Fort Myers at that one. Lehigh at Naples. This should probably be an easy one, I would say. Yeah, I'm going to take Naples uh, running clock. I'm going to take Naples two running clock. And I hate and I hate making that prediction because I do too. Uh, I, feel, I feel dirty, like I just insulted Lehigh, but Naples is is good. Well, you, we might have done Lehigh a favor, and they might, you know. That's right. That's why I tell everyone whenever they say, "Ah, oh, you picked against us," I say, "Coach, I'm just just giving you inspiration, just yeah. motivating you guys." Yeah, we have co- we have coaches that really use our picks as motivation, yeah. and uh, uh, one coach in the area w- took our pick and said, "Oh, it's personal now." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't think you know what personal yes. means." I mean, I have no <laughs> ill feelings against anyone personally. <laughs> Exactly. CSN at First Baptist. I think this would be another easy yeah, one. Yeah, I think First Baptist, they're rolling right now, 3-0. and I think they moved to 4-0. and I got First Baptist in this one. And then we've got Reagan at Gulf Coast, and that's Reagan, not Regan. I, I want to call it Reagan, but no, it's Ronald Reagan. He's yeah, playing yeah, at Gulf so Coast. Yeah, so... So you were telling me that they're, they're a seven, eight, they were a 7-8 team last year, now they're independent? Yeah, yeah. From what I could find, you know, I haven't spoken to anyone, but just digging around online, 7-8 team, so they're big from the Miami area. They are at Gulf Coast, who also is a 7-8 school. But Regan's independent now? I don't know. All I know it's is— It's Reagan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hard. I work so hard to stop calling you Reagan and that now whenever I see it, I want to say Regan. It's funny. You know, my, my name is spelled R-E-G-A-N. Every single teacher I've ever had in my life— at their you know first time they met me you know, Reagan like yeah. you know like like the oh are you related to the president no not <laughs> really but then there are people that I still work with here at the news press that still call me Adam Reagan which I don't understand it's better than being called Adam Fisher I guess uh, definitely being better than called <laughs> Adam Fisher I you know what I, I really don't know Golf Coast had Justin Matia back last week but they're not doing so hot right now they've lost three in a row. I just want to pick the opposite of you, so I wish I knew what you were going to pick. So I will I'll let you know. I'm I'll go with the home team, I guess. I'll take the Sharks. I'm picking Reagan. There we go. I, I got to do it, I guess. Key West at Golden Gate. Key West, 2-1 and one this year. Only losses to Baron Collier, and it seems like they're running the gamut of Collier County teams this year. Yeah, it's true. Second one they've played in three weeks. What Golden Gate has going for it is the uh, distance. Obviously, Key West got to make that six-hour bus ride up to Naples. It is homecoming at Golden Gate, and Nick Bajika is worried his uh, kids are getting a little too full. Not, not full of themselves, but getting a little too excited. 3-0. and It's homecoming. They're feeling good. I think Key West could win this one, but I'm going to take Golden Gate just to make the local fans happy. And I, again, I'm again, going to upset the local fans. I'm going to take Key West. Good work. SFCA at Canterbury. I think these are two evenly matched teams. That's why I picked this game. I, I think uh, it's a tough I think one. We it could is. defer on this one. So I'm going to go with Canterbury and Andrew Layton. I, I like the way they've been scoring. 
uh, SFCA. They've had one game where they scored a lot. I, I just this is a toss up. I'm gonna go with the Cougars. Yeah, SFCA lost by 40 to Community School. Canterbury beat Community School last week. Ergo, I'm going with the Cougs. Rivalry game, LaBelle at Bishop Rowe, and this is not last year's version of LaBelle. I'm going to say that. that they, yes. beat, they did beat – they are 2-2, two and two and they beat Estero 26 and nothing last week. But, I mean, this team was decimated by graduation on the offensive side of the ball, and Bishop Rowe – not decimated by graduation. Obviously, they're the number one team in Lee County. This is an easy one, the Vikings. Now tell me, why is this a rivalry game? Is it because they were in a district for a long time? or Because that seems strange to me, that the team way out on the bell picks one random Catholic school in Fort Myers to have a rivalry with. Like these They just been, play each other schools, for a long time. These schools have been around for a while. I yeah. mean, they're similar sizes. So, yeah, I mean, it's just they Bishop Verreau has a whole LaBelle hate week going on. Wow. I mean, and it's homecoming too, so oh. it's. I don't think that's going to distract uh, I don't the Vikings, either. though. I'll take I'll take Bishop Rowe also. Riverdale at Cape Coral, Cape Coral, hard luck team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they've been getting blown out all over the place, and you have Riverdale who has injuries and other issues. You have no idea who's going to be on the field for the Raiders. I'm still taking the Raiders in this one though, because Cape just hasn't really shown me anything all year. You know, Cape has been a hard luck team for me. I got to say about 19 of my wrong picks this year. I bet four of them are on Cape Coral games. But you know what? I'm not giving up on them. I'm taking the Seahawks to upset Riverdale. You're just digging yourself a hole here. We'll see. And then I think this is another toss-up game. You got ECS, who disappointing start, so so to speak, with all the transfers. Uh, they've been playing some bigger teams and and. I told everyone not to sleep on 1A Hawthorne last week. That's yeah. a really good team. And they beat ECS. Well, ECS is going up to Gainesville Oak Hall, who I think is 3-1 and one this year. Who you got? You know, all I know about Gainesville Oak Hall is that they are in Gainesville and that you just told me they're 3-1. and one. But you know I don't like long road trips. I usually tend to pick against a team making a long road trip. ECS has had a tough schedule. They're not playing local teams. They're all over the state this year. And it's kind of caught up to them. So I guess I will take Oak Hall. I'm going to take Oak Hall, too. I would like to take ECS, but as you said, road trip. I think it's going to come together at some point for ECS Sure. Here. I mean, it's a tough start to I think they're going to make the playoffs, and then I think they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. But I don't think it starts this week. I think Oak Hall wins it. Agreed. Well, that's going to do it for the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Glad to have Adam Fisher back this week. Glad and to be as, here. As always, we appreciate Andrea Melendez making us sound so good. And don't forget, for all your high school football coverage during the week and on Friday nights, go to news-press.com sports and naplesnews.com. We'll have photo galleries, analysis, highlight videos, the works. Nobody does it better. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week.